Welcome, Welcome to the D-Bronx Podcast, a Denver Broncos podcast for fans by fans. If you want to hear what the experts have to say, you might want to go somewhere else. But if you want to hear the latest news, analysis, and opinions from fellow diehard Bronco fans, you are in the right place. Now, three guys who take Bronco football seriously, but not themselves. Your hosts, Austin, Ian, and Kevin Etheridge. Yes, welcome to Deep Bronx Podcast. Uh, my name is Austin. I'm joined here with Kevin. Hello. Hello, and Ian. Suicide Watch. Sue, oh my God. We have getting dark just right from the get-go. So, uh, we are unfortunately... Uh, doing a podcast following a four-game losing streak here. Good. Uh, inept Broncos, um, especially the offense. Now, of course, there's been a lot that's happened since our last podcast. We've had scheduling conflicts and whatnot, so we haven't had the opportunity to do another podcast uh, in between. But uh, thank you for joining us and listening uh, for this one. This is uh, We are recording this on Wednesday, October 26th. This is uh, leading into the Broncos international game, London game, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This will be taking place at Wembley Stadium. And I can say I am quite nervous for this game because uh, all these other games we were supposed to win, we, we lost as well. So... Uh, I just kind of want to get a pulse before we actually start covering and looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars game. I just kind of want to get a pulse from you guys on just your overall thoughts and feelings of the last few weeks, the last few games, um, and this this current losing streak that we find ourselves on. Uh, Ian, we'll we'll go ahead and start with you on this. What what's kind of your your overall thoughts uh, at this point? Well, first off, penalties are insane, which they did cut back. So they set a record on Monday night and then they, yeah. yeah. Then they toned it down on Sunday afternoon, but that, that offensive line is atrocious. And and it was kind of funny, atrocious the entire year, except for when Brett Rippon was in there, they looked, much better. Serviceable, right? They looked serviceable. Yeah, yeah, middle of the pack. Right, yeah. Oh, I one mean, sack. Yeah, yeah. One sack. Good enough. Yeah, good enough. Yeah, I'm good enough good if enough. you have a better quarterback than, say, a Brett Rippon. That can get yeah. the ball out. Brett Rippon was getting... And with backups. With, 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 with multiple backups. backups. Exactly. Yeah. But our wide receivers get no separation. At all, like it just get there's no separation. I don't know. It's it's either them not knowing what's going on or the play calling. We know the play calling is trash. We know. And it, it almost here. looks like our receivers are covering the defensive back. <laughs> Dude, we're trailing the defensive back. Yeah, and so it, it looks well, like a role reverse. Well, yeah, it's funny because you see you you see a guy they stick to you him. see a guy get you see Mathis get four penalties on Monday night, and then the next week, Sauce Gardner gets zero, and there's been there was plenty of tugging on jerseys where the ball should yeah, have been caught. 
Those so, two deep balls were blatantly obvious. Blatantly obvious, where we could have yeah. definitely tied the ball game at the end of the ball game. But you think anyone called? Well, we would have gotten the ball losses. at the one yard line. We would have got so both of those that that we're talking about the one Judy one against Sutton at the end of the game. They were both they both happened in the end zone. Right, and a lot of a lot of those and, do get called, just not against Denver Broncos. Yeah. Just, yeah, not as well, especially not in that game. I mean, and, <laughs> no, you know. yeah, but yeah, just it's you're almost kind of at a loss for words because of how I don't know what the terminology is. It's like how like hyped up our team was, and then like this is the crap we get to watch. Like it's just like it's like <laughs> like even and I was talking to a, a fellow football fan and they're like dude i watched all the tim tebow games i was like yeah but at least at the end of the tim tebow games they won like they they played like garbage for three and a half quarters but for some reason tim tebow is like yeah well it's uh what we got we're down by what 24 i got two minutes left hold my beer Yeah, just you know, some you know, you're like yeah, Jesus Christ came onto the field, and you're like, oh, here we go, we're gonna we're gonna win this one. But with this offense, you're just like, what are you doing? Because you have like a league best defense, and you're just wasting it. I mean, that, there's gonna be a point in time where that defense is gonna be like, look, come on, guys, like seriously, like we've kept. Everybody within three points, except for the Raiders. Yeah, it gets fractured. It gets fractured. I even heard uh, Derek Wolf talking the other day with Brandon Perna uh, about how. Yeah, he. I mean, the thing is, you know, obviously you try to like, you try to stay in, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, good relationship with the offense and stuff like that. But when the offense, when you when you are consistently doing your job as a defense. And the offense is consistently letting you and the team down. There, 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 there tends to be unintended animosity or unintended, uh, just uh, resentment that that forms just just out of that naturally because this side that that those people on the side of the ball keep letting them down, keep letting the team down, no matter what they do. And so, not that it's intended, not that it's a personal thing, but it becomes a resentment that develops because of the constant letdown that's happening um, with the offense not holding up their side of the well, their end of the bargain. Well, it's like any other job. I mean, on the planet, if I if I'm pulling my weight and I'm doing way better than I should be, but my best friend to the left is like, you know what? I don't really care. You're gonna be like. All right, well, you're holding this up. Like, what the, what the hell is going on, dude? Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's yeah. like every other job. If you're, I mean, if, if you, if there's one side of a, of the, the barrier doing more than the other side, you know, you'd be like, all right, I, yeah, I'll give you a chance, or, you know, for a while. And then after a while, you're like, all right, all right, seriously, we need to talk about how you guys need to step up because we're really consistent and you guys are consistently bad. Yeah. Consistent in the wrong way. Yeah, and we don't know. Uh, Kevin. Hold on just a second. Like coaches. Go ahead. Go ahead. Coaches and play calling and the players. Everybody's to blame. Yeah, yeah. The the, the blame goes all around on the offense. The offense has just been awful. It's been bad quarterback play in addition to separation from the receivers not happening. So 
But when the separation does happen, the quarterbacks don't see them. Uh, yep. The offensive line has been bad, but not quite as bad as I think we thought it was. Um, no, not really, honestly. Uh, when you have a, a quarterback that knows how to get the ball out a little bit quicker and, and step into the pocket. Again, Russell Wilson, like we, we all know, like historically he's been a great quarterback, but historically he's also all, he's also always had one of the worst offensive lines, no matter what they do. And it's starting to seem like maybe that's not the case. It just seemed the, the number of sacks given up, even though this year he was among the, the Broncos have been among the best in terms of time to throw allowed. They've been among the best and yet we always talk about how bad they are because the sack numbers if 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 russell wilson got the ball off as fast as brett rippon i don't think Mm. we're talking about a problem here well yeah but you also have to know where to throw the ball uh and i think that's that's been that's been the issue with russell wilson and again you know the hope is that this is all an adjustment thing and that him being this bad for this this many weeks in a row is just adjusting to this new offense, adjusting to whatever. Like that's the hope. But the truth is he has been missing. And, and yeah, you can pull up film from, from all 32 starting quarterbacks and you can pull up examples of them missing an open receiver, but not as consistently and not to the same detriment as it has been with. But here's something that we may get into later. Maybe, maybe not. Who in their play calling, who has their backup quarterback throw the ball 46 times? Oh, oh, you want you want to you want to take that a step further? Yeah. Coming out of halftime with the, with the the little short interviews they do with the coaches, Hackett specifically said, "We have to be committed to the run. Have to be committed to the run." And then they immediately ru- they immediately go into shotgun six plays in a row and throw it six plays in a row. That's all he does. And 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 Tw- and and twelve of the first eighteen plays or pass plays, um, coming out of the half. So, anyways, Kevin, let's get your overall thoughts uh, just before we move on to. Uh, you kind know, of what we're Ian said he was game. on suicide suicide watch after listening to you two guys for the last ten minutes. I'm on suicide watch now. <laughs> but so you know, with, with with every loss, you know, I'm. I'm bummed out. You know, I'm a fan. But then I, I got to tell you, I snap out of it really quickly this year because I think to myself, at least I'm not the Waltons. I didn't spend $4.6 billion <laughs> to watch this. on this boondoggle, <laughs> right? right? I yeah. mean, if this was a car, it's the Etzel. They effectively bought Kmart or something. They can't be feeling good. And then I wonder if they have any sort of return policy, like, hey, we have the receipt from the purchase. We'd like our money back. Because in their stores, they'll give you your money back over a certain period of time. But, I mean, in all seriousness, they have to be embarrassed by what they're saying. So, you know, over the last several years, we have done a lot of complaining on the podcast. And I think that's why our listenership is so low. But... (laughs) (laughs) You know, Could be a number of reasons. Not, yeah, I mean, it's a good reason. You know, no one just tunes into something to be bummed out, right? But um, anyway, so, you know, in the last several years, we've had plenty of reasons to, to go negative on the Broncos, but there's always been a ray of hope. It's like, well, you know, we can can this coach, or maybe we can go out and get a free agent quarterback, or you know what, we're going to have a really high draft pick. Maybe we can bring in that franchise quarterback we so desperately need. 
or, you know, we're going to get the new GM, we'll replace Elway. There's always been something we could point to that is going to give us a fix or a reason to feel optimistic. But right now, we have nothing to hang on to mm-hmm. other than what I believe is rock-solid ownership in the Waltons. And, um, you know, we have a GM that we thought was really good and made a lot of good moves. But now he's gone out and perhaps made the biggest free agent or trade blunder in the history of the NFL. If what we're seeing out of Russell Wilson is, um, you know, is is true Wilson, is him now. If if he's just past his prime and he's lost it or whatever, um, and we're saddled with him for multiple years, uh, he also, after an exhaustive head coach search, where he said he was going to get it right, he interviewed like 10 candidates, and they weren't Zoom interviews. He was flying all over the country, interviewed Hackett twice, um, and this guy appears to be completely out of his depth. So now we've got a, you know, a GM that you know, is questionable, uh, I think. If you're, if you're the Waltons, you're probably scratching your head and wondering if, if he's the right guy for the job. We've got a, we've got a coach that you know, the whole, if, if he's not a laughing stock, stock he, he, he certainly is a coach that has not engendered any sort of uh, confidence amongst anybody who's watched this team, and I think including the players. So you know, he's on the hot seat. And, and, of course, the aforementioned, uh, quote-unquote, franchise quarterback who can't seem to get a, out of the way of his own shadow. So it, it, it's a tough time for the Broncos. Um, you know, I, there's talk of firing Hackett. I, I don't see that happening because it would, it would have to be Peyton that would, that would endorse that move. I, he's not going to do it. He's not, not going to fire the guy after just hiring him. He's, he's going to ride it out with him unless the Walton step in and say, look, the gig is over. We're going to pull the plug. Now, just to wrap up. The, I've heard that's a possibility. Se- yeah, but to wrap up this little segment, it, it, just to cast a little sunshine on this, I mean, we've been in every game. And in every single game, you can point to several things. Say, hey, you know, if the ball bounced this way or if we got this call or, you know, we could have won the game. You know, legitimately, we could have won every single – we had opportunities in every single game. So we're not getting steamrolled. We're not getting buried. Yeah, well, yeah, doing I mean, it. you're right. Every game's been close to the defense. And, and we're doing it with a, a roster that has been decimated by injuries. Now, mm-hmm. I will say this. I heard Aaron Rodgers talking recently. He was being interviewed. He was talking about um, uh, the offense. Uh, what's the coach, Green Bay's coach's name? Matt LaFleur. Uh, Matt LaFleur. LaFleur's, yeah, LaFleur's offense is a derivative of the Mike Shanahan. Uh, offense, right? I'm sure you guys know that. Yeah, so, as, as is Hackett's. As is Hackett's. Now, what uh, Roger said was that it is a highly complicated offense, Yep. Uh, particularly for the receivers. They have a mm-hmm. lot of decisions to make. There's a route tree. There's um, adjustments that get made mid-route. It, anyway, it's complicated. It's, I can't even explain it, right? I'm not a football expert, but what what Rogers said was it, it took him seven or eight games, and we all know Rogers a highly cerebral quarterback. And if you go, so is that a defensive hack? It, it maybe you know he, he might, he's probably running the same offense. It just takes a long time for people to figure it out. Maybe he needs to simplify it, you know, for now. But he's got a lot of receivers that aren't apparently making the adjustments they they need during the uh, 
you know, during the route trees or, or, or what have you. And you have a quarterback who is just not on board with it yet in Russell Wilson. So, you know, maybe we can get it turned around back half of the year if these guys start to figure out the offense. It, it, it's all repetition, right? If you want to get good at anything, you need repetitions, reps, reps, reps. We don't have it in this offense. Nobody does. Everybody's new with it. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, that that's my, you know, ray of sunshine that, that possibly we can get it turned around because we're hanging in. Now, if we start getting blown out, start losing by three touchdowns, or, you know, and, and the team just quits on the coach, that's also a distinct possibility, and that's probably going to be the end of Hackett this year. He needs to keep these guys, you know, in it and playing for each other, and um, and and you know, but but the the big thing for me is Wilson. You know, what's he going to do the second half of the year? I've actually heard people suggesting he might retire just out of embarrassment. And, and and to perhaps and, and to perhaps no. perhaps protect his Hall of Fame status, which I don't think he's there yet. But I don't. Well, well I don't. He's not going to retire. He's not going to try. He, dude is dude is doing four hour workouts on the plane ride to London. He ain't retiring. Oh, you saw that too. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well, oh, the, oh, the yeah. whole team was sleeping. People are sleeping. Wait a minute. How did that get out? Was that his videographer again? He was said this... it. Yeah. Oh. He said Wilson. it. He said it in the interview. Russell Wilson himself said it. He was doing stretches. He was doing stretches for four hours while the rest of the team was sleeping on the plane ride to London. Yeah, he said he was doing stretches and you know warming up and like kind of pacing up and down the aisles and all that kind of stuff. And and then oh, Hamler man. said, "Yeah, no BS," <laughs> like confirming. That I'm not impressed. True. He should have been in the playbook instead of doing stretches. Well, he said that's what he was doing the first hour of the plane. I can't believe this guy was watching film. Why, doing why is he? Stuff. Why is he touting this to, to the to, to the media? Because I think he thinks that's what he's supposed to say. Because he's dangerous, dude. He's dangerous. He's, he's dangerous. He's dangerous. Spicy. Yeah, spicy. Dangerous. Spicy. <laughs> Ooh, it's a little spicy. <laughs> I. Uh, anyways, I, so here's the thing. He's not gonna. I don't. I don't think. I don't see any world in which he retires, especially not after the contract he just signed. He's not gonna just. Oh no! Yeah, I'm not saying that like he's seriously going to retire. It, it just that's how bad things have gotten. People are even speculating. Yeah, that. yeah. No, I I don't think that's going to happen. And whether or not he turns it around, uh, I well, I don't think it's going to be a drastic turnaround this season. I think he. I mean, I think with another off season, yeah, maybe. I think yeah. I mean, because obviously he's shown he's shown who he he's shown his capability for. A decade, you know. I know. I know that you know. Sometimes quarterbacks hit a wall, but generally, it's not that drastic immediately, and it's usually later than thirty-three years old. It's usually later than that. It's uh, that that happens. Now, of course, him being more of a scrambling quarterback, you know, you may say that okay. Well, with that being the case, it may be a little earlier. You, who knows? But, um. But when I when I when I look at this offense and I look at this just you know even just you know the whole idea of this type of offense being a complex offense it's hard to learn a lot of decisions have to be made quickly and in the moment um, and if you're thinking too much while you're out there like you haven't got the repetitions like you were saying Kevin uh, then that's then that that means you're too slow to make those decisions if you're thinking about it in the moment you're too slow it's too slow to make those decisions um, so like. That could be what's happening when we when we put on the film and we see how consistently Wilson's missed open receivers. Now again, every quarterback in the league 
sometimes misses. Does it every? Receivers. Does it every game? Everyone. But but he but this yeah this is like all the time. This is not just occasionally missing an open receiver. This is all the time he's missing open receivers and that's not even just the ones that people are posting on social media like when i've gone back and just watched the kind of the overhead the all 22 of of these games he's consistently missing the ones that are not that are not screenshotted and posted on social media but why do you think it's happening you think physically he's lost it or is he he just swimming the physical physical ability has nothing to do with whether or not you see an open man that has nothing to do with whether or not you see. Oh, I thought you said man. missing like he's missing him. No, meaning he's not even like seen. He's, not seen he's rarely yeah. even throwing to them. Je- I, but that's I don't because think he's, he's swimming. I think he's swimming. I don't think he has the offense down pat. I think he's totally. Well, and that, well, that's but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If if that's mm-hmm. the case, that's why the point that I was making. Like, if you have to think about it in the moment, then you're too slow to make the decision. Yeah. So if yeah. he's if he's going through his progressions too slow and not getting to the open receiver. You're too slow if you're thinking about it too much and not, uh, not gotten the offense down to a point where it's just reactionary in the in the moment. But the issue is 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 there a lot of fault lies on Russell Wilson, no doubt about it. But this past week with Brett Rippin, now of course you shouldn't put too much on Brett Rippin who just took some of the first team reps during this week and obviously doesn't practice with the first team with any regularity. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have had that high expectation of him, like just coming over and taking over the offense anyway. Um, but a lot of the, you see the fault is not entirely on Wilson, even though plenty of fault falls on him. You have receivers that not consistently getting open. You have, play calling which has been awful and that's you know talking about the complexity of the offense and like how you know w- once you get it then it's then it starts to roll but here's the thing is like that th- that doesn't explain the timing of of when Hackett's calling the plays that he's calling you know that that has nothing to do with whether or not the offense has grasped the, or yeah the, the offensive players have grasped the offense if you you call a shotgun pass on third and one every time it's third and one that's on the play calling that has nothing to do with whether or not the offense has grasped the playbook yet you know what i mean and so it's more than just that it's it's everything it's the play calling it's the russell wilson it's the it's the receivers it's the offensive line i think to a lesser degree than what we thought before i think they are blocking a little bit better than we thought and i i personally have been saying that for the whole year i mean you can go back to even couple episodes this year that we've done me saying I don't think it's as I don't think the offensive line is as bad as we're saying it is Russell Wilson is just always trying to escape the pocket always trying to escape a clean pocket not recognizing hot reads I mean has he made a hot read yet like when you have extra That's blitz when no. you have extra rushers coming off the edge first of all you have to recognize that and second of all you, every single passing play has a hot read every single one it's it's grafted into the play there's a hot read. If a blitzer comes from the hot, you have a guy that you're supposed to get the ball out too quickly. If there's a if if there's a, a free a free rusher, because guess what? If there's if there's free rushers, that means more often than not there's a free. Yeah, it's your out. It's your player. outlet pass. Yeah, and he doesn't seem to ever know when the blitz is coming. Doesn't seem to ever make adjustments at the line. Doesn't seem to ever know who the hot read is on a throw on if you again. 
there's going to be plays where there's an extra rusher that comes in free. You have to know where your where your hot read is. Some, sometimes I feel like the first you don't thing escape he does it is for five, five seconds. The, the hot, the hot. I mean, sometimes I think the first time he throws the ball is to the outlet. Like he just, well, listen, what uh, I what I see when there's a free rusher is he just immediately panics and starts to try and escape. Which is not that's not the play. I mean, generally speaking, I know that's what he's done for so long is escape and then right. yeah, you know, make plays hey, off hey. script. But as a quarterback, you need to know where your hot read is. So when that happens, you just get the ball out quick before the rusher even gets to you. And then you know, maybe a small game, maybe an incompletion, whatever the case is. But it's not a sack every time. Right. Right now, it's a sack every single time. Nine times out of without, ten. With, but, virtually but, without, let, without exception. Let, let me be the first to publicly uh, apologize to Vic Fangio and Vance <laughs> Joseph and Pat Shermer, by the way, for slaying these guys over the last several years. I would say at this point all of those, the, uh, those coaches accomplished far more with a far worse quarterback than Russell Wilson. Oh, it absolutely. does put things in perspective. I'd still, I'd now, still now, burn I, all three of them at the stake. So yeah, 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 yeah. The the, the, the incompetence, the incompetency that exists now does not excuse their incompetency, even if it was to a lesser degree. <laughs> uh, yes, their incompetency was to a lesser degree, and I would kill to have Teddy Bridgewater and Pat Shermer back right now, <laughs> uh, at least in comparison I would to what kill it's been. Myself. But. But, but, but it doesn't excuse <laughs> how bad death. they were as well. Like, like it doesn't excuse how bad Pat Shermer was, even if if Hackett's been worse. You know what I mean? Um, but anyways, I, I I I don't know. Let me ask you guys this. Now, of course, there's been there's been some changes. Obviously, a lot of injuries. We've been without Tim Patrick all year. Um, that continues. There's trade rumors with Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Mm. Um, no Javante Williams anymore. Now it's Melvin Gordon and Latavius Any Murray trade and Marlon with Mack, the... apparently, um, yeah. with Mike Boone being injured now. Um, yeah. What What do you guys think? I mean, do you think that there's a way for this offense to get get things turned around in in, in guys, the near future? Guys, I, I just think we need to let Russ cook. Oh my god! Oh god! Here we go. Um. <laughs> get, get get the flat iron skillet out. <laughs> Let's let Russ cook. Let's let him cook for once, right? But okay. I would say we've we've let him cook. He burnt the Broncos for this season and maybe many, many more. Here, look at the second half of our schedule, guys. It's brutal. It doesn't get any easier. It's the second impossible. half is, is much more difficult than the first half. So wins will be even harder to come by. We're playing like a team destined to land a top, land a top three pick in next year's draft. That of goes course, straight to Seattle. Of course, Seattle owns that pick. Watch Seattle select the franchise quarterback with that pick. Oh, oh the irony. Let me tell you something. This is out of the imagination of Stephen King, the situation we're in right now. <laughs> this is a horror show. We're That's why I'm thankful. I'm thankful I've got the World Series just to give me a break from this stuff. Oh, we don't have right, to go get ahead. into Who's your up? Phillies fandom right now. Yeah, that is not. We hate everything <laughs> Philadelphia. We, I know we you guys do. I I'd firebomb that entire state yeah, if I had to. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Except for you, uh, we, we, we would get you and the fam out, but everybody else can 
you know. So, so yeah. but, well, that that's heartfelt. Thank you. Thank you. Heart, heartfelt need that. But the question, the question remains: Do you think there's a? Now, here's the thing. You're right. The schedule doesn't get any easier. I'm not necessarily asking: Are we going to go run the table and make the playoffs? That's not necessarily what I'm asking because. That's not happening. That's like I don't care. I'm sorry to crush hopes if anyone still has that hope, but it's not going to happen. Um, what I'm what I'm asking is is do we feel like the offense itself can get things turned around, have things start to click moving into the second half of the season? The reason I ask that is because again, we're, four, we're 14 points per game. We are ranked dead last in points per game. And yet we're in every single game, usually within within three points, more often than not within three points, um, within one score in every single game. Um, in part because we've played a very weak schedule. I, I understand uh, the, that. I understand those that. Those close games probably won't be so close uh, in the second half. But that's at that's while scoring 14 points a game. Defense yeah. is. Do you understand? What, like, like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm saying, like, okay, if we're no longer, that's why I'm asking. Do we think the offense itself can can turn around in the second half of the season and start scoring? I don't know, twenty, which is still average at best. Well, like, we have Mister Unlimited, so I would say it's <laughs> unlimited the points we can score. But listen, the the only time the defense really broke down this year was when we played a reasonably good offense, the Raiders. Exactly. So is and, are, are, are and we, remember are there we was a pick six in that game. Yeah, are we overrating the defense? Are they really that good? How, you think they're going to keep Kansas City under thirty? You think they're going to keep top flight well, teams under twenty five? Kansas though? City's a different animal. Yeah, they are different. Th- I mean, that's a different animal. Like, like that's well, the Raiders. That's aren't like a saying, do you think animal. the Phillies they, are going to beat the Astros in the World Series? It's not going to happen. Like, of course. There was a ton. There was a ton of penalties in that game too. Yeah, yeah, swung, and there was a pick six. That so game. we, our defense, our defense, they, our defense allowed twenty five, or our, yeah, our defense allowed about twenty five points in that game because there was a pick six, or a fumble recovery. I think it was a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Yeah, uh, by Melvin Gordon, of course. Um, <laughs> so, so we actually we we didn't we didn't like so I think we we actually ended up allowing twenty five points. Our defense. Well, I, I am concerned with the amount of you know injuries on the defensive side now. Bearing Browning's out. I mean, it's getting. Brutal. Do you really? think on both sides. the offense can get things turned around well, in the no. second half of the season? No. Well, here's the okay. thing. Well, here's the thing. Is you know they're talking about all these trades. You really I'm not asking about wins. I mean, what, go ahead. No, what I'm saying is like I'm asking about the should... offense turning things around. Well, they're not going to turn things around if they start trading all those people away. You can't. You can't what, what, who's going to take over? Well, I, that's not going to happen. It's not like they're going to trade Judy Hamler. You know, Alberto and and like they're not trading five or six players. That's not just not going to happen. They may trade one. one. Alberto. Yeah, 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 what, what are we going to get? You get for a him? conditional like a, seventh rounder. Uh, you'll get cast consideration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, a we'll player get a to be named later. Yeah, yeah, a player that hasn't been born yet. <laughs> he, he, he's a healthy scratch now. Believe me, he's not going to get much. He's got no value. That's what I'm saying. Like that—that yeah. that is like that's a that that is a zero value trade. I, I don't see any point in trading him because you're got you're literally not getting anything in return, and you don't have any tight ends yeah, other than Dulcich under contract next year. You have zero tight ends other than Dulcich under contract next year. I mean, to, to answer your question seriously, Austin. I mean, the only time we've really shown life on offense was you know the first game against Seattle. 
And in that game, we couldn't get plays called on time. And, you know, it was sort of, but, but we, we moved the ball. We were somewhat productive. Got to the one yard line multiple times. Yeah. And uh, the red zone offenses continue to be our Achilles heel. So I guess almost anything is possible, but we, we, we haven't really shown flashes. You know, we haven't shown any consistency, any rhythm whatsoever in any of these games. So it's, you know, other than a pie in the sky sort of hope, I don't have a rational reason to or belief to expect that they're going to suddenly get it moving. Other than what I said a little while ago, you know, repetition should breed some confidence and maybe we see a slight uptick. But I, I, I you know, other other than, you know, maybe, you know, surpassing 20 points a, a couple of times, I just don't see much. I, I think outside of Russell Wilson complex offense, everything being new. Um, I think the talent level is really mediocre. And, and Ian touched on it earlier. I mean, our, our wide rec- our receiving group uh, is probably in the bottom third of the league, and that might be being charitable. Uh, mm-hmm. The running backs decimated. We came into the season with what we thought was a really good running back group. Now our top three guys are gone because it could, I'm assuming Gordon's going to be gone, cut, traded, whatever. So it's it's hard to be optimistic on the offensive side. Okay, so so here here are my thoughts. So I look back at specifically the Jets game. Uh, well, first of all, but prior even prior to prior to the Jets game, we were one of the top teams as far as pass plays over 20 yards. So there's that's like the one thing that you can kind of hang I'm your hat on. Surprised at that. Okay. Yeah, it's like the only thing you can hang your hat on because we've been. But other than but here it's so much so much of our issues have been not recognizing open men when they're there. Okay, number one. Number two, uh, the play calling has just been atrocious uh, because most of the year our yards per carry running the ball has been pretty good. We just don't commit to the run. Um, but when I look at this game now, now I've I've listened to a lot of people talk about. The Jets game and Brett Rippon and uh, and the offense as a whole and everyone talking about how it was even worse and I disagree. I don't I don't necessarily think it was that much better, but I also don't think it was worse because we had 21 first downs in this game as opposed to only 10 that the Jets had. Like we were converting first downs, which I mean think about how many three and outs we've had prior to this game, just constantly never getting a first down. Yeah. And, you know, suddenly in this game, we're getting the ball out quicker. We're not taking sacks, not so many penalties, and we're converting first downs. We're just not getting far enough down the field to actually get into the end zone. Or, you know, in the case of Sauce Gardner, just blatantly pass interferences against Judy and Sutton that are not called. I think those obviously hurt us because that would have put both of those cases would have put the ball at the one yard line. Um, so obviously those play a role, but, but the one, the one thing that I saw is like when we, when we actually get the ball out quicker, we start converting first downs, which then in turn gets our defense off the field a little bit longer. And you'd think with whether it's a better quarterback than Brett Ribbon, which, you know, we certainly hope (laughs) Russell Wilson is moving forward. He obviously has been in the past. We certainly hope that's the case moving forward, but, with, with, with you know with a better quarterback 
or or even just a quarterback that's in the system for a while. Obviously, that was Brett Ribbon's you know first start since he played the Jets, I think, in what twenty twenty or something. Um, that that can start to produce more maintained drives, right? Now, of course, maintained drives, as we've seen, how much we stall in the red zone, that doesn't guarantee points. Um, but it certainly keeps the defense off the field and certainly increases the odds of getting uh, points. So, uh, man, I say all that. Th- th- those are just my observations. I, To answer my own question, I really don't know. It's It's been... I don't know if you can correct the play calling without without trying new things, right? And what I mean by that is Hackett needs to either give up play calling duties or I don't I I don't know. I don't know what it takes because th- that's the thing is like you want your coach if you have a if you have a head coach, especially a guy in his first year, he should want to do anything whatever it takes. He should want to do whatever it takes, whatever. And and maybe that's for a week. Maybe that's for a week as a, like a trial basis. Like, hey, we're going to let Kubiak uh, call the plays this week, uh, myself and out, and we're going to kind of like do some self-scouting, some self-observation, and kind of see maybe differences that they may, you know, that kind of thing. Like, like a head coach should want to do anything to get things turned around. And I think play calling has been one of the biggest things that's held us back. Now, it's not, again, as we've discussed, it's not the only thing. Missing open receivers, receivers not getting open. You know, those two things have obviously been pretty huge as well. But um, but as a coach, what you can control, you should want to do anything to fix. And unfortunately, that hasn't been, the, at least to this point, we don't see that being the case with Hackett. He seems to be unwilling to let go play calling, even though, Many, many coaches in the NFL uh, have given up play calling once they become a head coach. Like, that's not a rare thing. That's not a weird thing for coaches to do. It's like, it's a hard thing to be able to be a head coach and play and call plays from the sideline. Remember when Hackett's played, called plays in the past, he was in the booth. Yeah. Not on the sideline. Literally, Cliff, so, Cliff Kingsbury said the same thing like a week and a half ago. Oh, did he? Yeah. He was like, anything that we can do to win, like with the Cardinals, anything we can do to win. I'll give up Blake. And, and and Hackett said the same thing a week ago, but then he just kind of like, he was like, I'll give up. I'll, I'll think about it, but I don't think. He, literally he said, said he'd evaluate the, all options. He didn't say problem. he'd give it up. But he also said. He said there's, I don't, he said there's not going to be any changes. He said, it, but he also said he didn't think the play calling was the problem. <laughs> I know. He's blaming the players. And I was like. Yeah, players have a lot to blame, but you're a head coach. Come on, man. Like, like you, you got your 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 head coach and your offensive coordinator haven't played. You have they haven't they haven't done calls and Alton was a tight ends coach. Mm-hmm. This guy's never done anything, and is it, I mean, I mean, what does he actually do? He does. Nothing. He's just there breathing air and taking money out of everybody's pay. I mean, just he's just breathing and just collecting a paycheck. You don't even see the guy on the sidelines. I don't even know. It's like a ghost. And then you, I, I've, and then I don't you think got, I've ever noticed him on the sidelines. Yeah, because he's not there. Wait, he's in the booth, isn't he? I don't know where he's at. I don't even think he's on the same planet we're on. 
He's just he's not, not even at the he's game. He's not there, dude. Like, like oh, oh, who's your OC? Ah, dude, I think that. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy that was, uh, yeah, the tight ends coach. Oh, he made uh, that that uh, that 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 one white tight end for the Green Bay Packers pretty good, right? Wait a minute. Wait, but what's his official title? Is it offensive coordinator, yeah. or yes. or or is it offensive deflator? It's defla- oh my god. Well, he's not. He's not. Call- <laughs> he's- Welcome to fatherhood, Kevin. <laughs> he's there to collect <laughs> paychecks. I mean, talk about the e- besides being a backup quarterback for like like a like a Hall of Fame quarterback, he's got the easiest job. You're the offensive coordinator. You don't do any play calls. So what is it that you do? Like, well, that's exactly what Hackett did in Green Bay last year. He was offensive coordinator. Well, at least Hackett for at least one year what played. He did do play calling for the Jaguars in 2017. At and and for Buffalo that. too. And for and for the Bills when they had Kyle Orton. Oh, that's very <laughs> true on that one. But but apparently, you know, the men in black came out there and just flashed their brains because they forgot how to do anything. Alton, he doesn't know how to do anything. He's just there because he's like uh, Hackett's best friend. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's well, like, it's like yeah. me getting a really banging job. And then I was like, hey, Josh, you want to come with me? What are we doing? You know nothing about it. But uh, I'll fill you in. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a Okay, so we got so we got to wrap this up here in about here in about three to five minutes. So the All last right. thing, so I do want to talk about the Jaguars game before Thanks. we close up. So bring them on. Of course, we are going to. This is technically a home game for the Jaguars and an away game for us. Uh, or obviously, like I said, at Wembley Stadium in London, it's going to be happening at seven thirty. Mountain time, six thirty. Uh, Pacific time, which is where I'm at, and I think what nine thirty, where you guys are at. Nine thirty here, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be an early game. I'll be there. Jaguars two and five. Broncos are two and five. But they have both. Both teams have been in every game. Both teams have been like within a score, essentially in the with in the fourth quarter within a score. Uh, so they've been, both been in every game. Um, I think there is something to be said for the Jaguars. They play in London, well, I think every year. Every now. year, I think they they play there every single year now. So it's their second home. Yeah. So 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 I, I mean so even though it is kind of a neutral site game, I do think that there is still a little bit of an edge, you know, for them being there, but probably not much of one. I mean, what what are your guys' expectations for this game? I guess, Ian, we'll start with you on that. Well, I think, well, you're playing a, Jag- a Jaguars team that is actually competitive this year. They got a better, they definitely have a better head coach than we do. Yeah. Probably a better quarterback. I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson, if he does play, which I think he will play. Um, but Lawrence, you know, he's coming into his own, you know, still got some, but he's still like a generational talent. He's just one of those Andrew Luck kind of dudes yeah um, he's he looks like he's going to be the guy not a lot of weapons but they seem to you know do fairly well defense is pretty bad our offense is I mean, our defense is obviously you know superior to anything on the field um this is going to come i really think this is going to come down to coaching and defense 
they probably could beat us with the coaching because they do have well I was about to say they they did have better running backs but they just traded James Robinson man I was really kind of hoping that we traded for that guy and just cut Melvin Gordon and got James Robinson but just got him we're not buyers I would I would have bought into that guy I know we're not buyers but I would have bought into that guy um but it's God, it's 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 gonna it's either gonna be like we score a ton of points like we haven't done this entire season or it's gonna be sixteen to thirteen somebody. Kevin, real quick, got like a Yeah, minute so here. uh I mean it, listen, I think the NFL uh good marketing move sending the Broncos to uh London, right? Because uh Local fans are used to low-scoring games. You know, as the, uh, but, uh, Get them out of the country entirely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it, it, look, you know, soccer a, is the, is the is, soccer is, Yeah. So, listen, you have two teams that are that are trending very poorly. I mean, both teams have lost multiple games in a row. Um, you know, I think that it's going to be a defensive clash. So it's going to be a low-scoring game. It'll just come down to a turnover or, you know, one big play at the end. I think we're going to, we'll play him close, but Jags are a three-point favorite. Uh, as Ian mentioned, God, it sounds sad. like that that they are used to traveling to London. Apparently, they have a pretty large fan base over there. That 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 could work in their favor. But, you know, I think we lose another close, close game. Uh, Russell Wilson apparently is going to play. He says he's ready to roll. That's what he says. We shall see. We shall see. Probably should give him one more week because then you get the bye. But, you know, I guess this is this is probably Hackett coaching for his job. Or there's at least been rumors that this is Hackett coaching for his job. So, of course, he's going to be going with whoever he thinks is the best quarterback. But Ru- Russell was stretching for four hours on that flight. That's I actually think you're. I think you're supposed to sleep on the flight because you have to adjust your internal clock. You guys probably going to be walking around in a brain fog. Well, that's what he said all in this interview. He's like, he's like, yeah, no, I, I don't really get jet logged that much. Uh, oh yeah, of I, course. I yeah, he's Mister uh, Yeah Unbreakable. Yeah, he's going to think yeah, it's okay. Monday when it's actually Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, I know. He'll probably sleep through the game. Yeah, for all the stretching. Can you imagine he'll sleep through and the game. If you and if you think about this, it's kind of weird. Who are the th- almost the three worst quarterbacks in the league this year? Russell Wilson. He's one of them. Tom Brady. No, no, he has not been one of the worst. The team hasn't been great, but like statistically speaking, he has not been one of the worst. <laughs> nah, he's up there. there. Justin Fields it, has been worse. I mean, I could, I could name 20 quarterbacks that have been worse than him. Hey, Aaron Rodgers ain't been good neither. He hey, you guys see the Jaguars traded James Robinson to the uh, Jets. Yeah, that's, that's what we were saying. Yeah, that's why. I, yeah, did you guys yeah, say that? I missed it. Yeah, okay. I said I, yeah. I wish we would have jumped on that one and got rid of a uh, got rid Melvin of uh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. yeah, Melvin Gordon. I think I think trading him away uh, he, might be a good move, just uh, because he, what you're going to get out of him. Well, he's not happy. He's not happy. just hey trade for Cam Akers straight up. Um. Yeah, I'd rather have a blown ACL than fumbles every three or four plays. 
<laughs> right? Okay, so uh, I hate to do this, but I, you know, I, 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 I know we haven't done a podcast, but I predicted us to lose the Jets game. Unfortunately, it was right. Uh, I mean, it is hell on earth. I, I, I don't, you know, gosh, I do see a world in which we win this game. I do see that world existing just because of how close we've been. And it, you have to, you have to believe that at some point this offense can score more than 14 or 16 points, you know, like you have to believe that that like that it's just You'd in th- the modern NFL, it's just not a thing. You'd think to so. never score more than that. It's just not a thing. Hey, do like, you want just... to be the worst NFL? Do you want to be the worst NFL offense of all time? Do you want that? Like as as far as the modern era goes, like we are trending what, that no, direction. No, we're trending um, heavily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I so score predictions real quick. I'm gonna go with mine first. I'm gonna say 1917 Jaguars. Kevin, you go. Uh, well, sorry, I had a little audio problem. What, what was your prediction? Mine was uh, 1917 awesome. Jaguars. Jags, okay. Uh, I'm going to go uh, 12 to 11 Jaguars. I hate that. Uh, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 0 0 tie. Ooh, no, I'm just, no, I'm just joking. Um, I'm going to go 21-16 Broncos because we cannot lose. I hope you're we, right. We cannot lose this I hope game. you're right. I do hope you're right, Ian. <laughs> cannot lose. I, I hope really you're right. I'm talking about scorched earth. Def- oh, my. Scorched earth. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, my God. So, anyways, thank you for listening scorched. to D-Bronx Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, share, whatever you like to do with your podcast. We're available pretty much anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. If you're listening to this, hey, you found us. Sweet. Thank you for finding us. Uh, From Ian, from Kevin, from myself, thank you for listening. Have a good rest of your week. Thanks for listening to the D-Bronx Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, help us out by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts.